Welcome to Uncontained, episode 199. I'm your host, Aaron Static Render, and thank you for joining me amongst all the craziness out there right now. Yes, got the whole corona thing going on and supporting Black Lives Matter movement, man. I'm hoping for some positive change coming out of this and not uh, going back to having to hear the same old crap over and over and over again. It's time now that everybody's getting involved that something actually comes from this. So I'm not an expert on the situation, so I won't keep talking about it, but I do support the peaceful protests going on out there right now. And I thank all of the soldiers that have put their lives on the line to fight for our right to go out and protest. And all of those people out there saying that this is anti-military, anti-the-United States flag. No, this is exactly what the military and the flag stand for, the right to stand up and be heard. So that being said, let's move on with our episode today. I speak with the host of Spark Your Inner Fire for the Creative Mind, Priscilla Pfeiffer. Priscilla started out actually as a dancer, sank along the lines of fire twirling, circus delay, and uh, all those shows in Vegas that are going on. And she had an injury where she couldn't continue on doing that, so she had to reroute her career and went through uh, a metamorphosis, uh, trying such things from baking cakes to public speaking, and we will discuss her journey of how she made it from the stage to where she's at now. And I'll tell you, this lady does not let fear be a factor. She did uh, snake charming, and she went out and bought a Burmese python before she even ever touched a snake, knew if she was scared of snakes or whatever. She just went out and did it. And that's kind of the theme of this interview. If she's scared of something, she's going to do it. She's not going to let it stand in her way. And I look forward to sharing that conversation with you here on Uncontained. If uh, you are listening to this and are enjoying the program, please uh, share with a friend. And also, if you haven't subscribed already, what are you waiting for? Click that uh, subscribe uh, button in the podcast player that you are using. And please leave a rating and and review so people can uh, find Uncontained a little easier. Now, I don't want to keep you waiting any longer. This is my conversation with the one, the only, Priscilla Pfeiffer. Priscilla, welcome to Uncontained. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Great. Thank you for joining me. And uh, how is uh, your quarantine going? I have to ask every guest that now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know what? It has been super, super productive, actually. More productive than pre-quarantine. So I'm really I'm really (laughs) excited to be on your podcast. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you for coming. Are you in Vegas right now still or? I am. Las Vegas. How does, like, I know it feels dead out here in the Bay Area. You go into San Francisco or Oakland, it's pretty dead. There's a little foot traffic, but it's got to be a lot different in Vegas right now compared to what it normally is. Yes. In the very beginning, it was very eerie because we, my husband and I drove the strip and it was like an, like the apocalypse hit, you know, it's like, there were like, (laughs) Luckily, I'm so glad they kept the lights on because that would have been even more eerie. But um, it was like chilling. I got like chills on my skin just seeing nobody out and the Bellagio fountains weren't going. The Mirage volcanoes weren't erupting. And it was uh, it was kind of sad because I grew up here. So I, I'm used to seeing that. But slowly but surely, people are starting to walk the strip again. Okay. All right. So you're you're actually a Vegas native, huh? Yes. Yes. Wow, that has to be pretty rare out there. It's kind of—it's probably even more rare than a Bay Area native. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so you've said you've been productive here during quarantine. So, what have you been up to? Like, what have you been working on? I've been working on my podcast, and I've also been—I created a 14-day creative quarantine challenge. So it was super not planned. I just <laughs> everything hit the fan like around March 18th, which was my birthday. 
it hit the fan here in Las Vegas. And I was like, wow, I saw so many artists because, you know, I'm an artist. I saw it. all the entertainers just dropping like flies. Their work was just everything was getting canceled. And I was like, I got to make something right now. So <laughs> in two days, I just dropped it and I made it and I didn't overthink it and uh, challenge myself to put out the challenge. It was fun. So what is the challenge? Let's uh, let's get people in on it. So uh, I'm not doing the challenge anymore. So I, I switched it over to just a creative challenge instead of the quarantine. So uh, since a lot of people okay. are coming out of quarantine now. <laughs> keep relevant. <laughs> but, uh, but it was really just to keep our minds engaged and positive, okay. and positive growth and not, not let ourselves fall victim of, uh, of self-pity and like, I can't do this and the what ifs and all the crap that, you know, inevitably starts to come when things like this happen. Yeah, and you aren't just a podcaster as well, which I do enjoy your podcast. I listened to a few of the episodes, went back, listened to some old ones about uh, imposter syndrome, and then a newer one, a few newer ones, including the uh, creative burnout episode and stuff like that. And it's like it's they're nice, short and uh, and concise, kind of valuable insight on things. So thank um, you. It's it's fun to listen to. So. In addition to the podcast, which we'll come and talk back, talk more about in a little bit, what 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 other aspects of the arts are you involved in? Well, I grew up uh, dancing. I'm actually a trained dancer. Uh, my family okay. owned dance studios and were professional performers. So I grew up in that entertainment industry, uh, and I've also I transitioned into the specialty act realm. So fire performing and stilt walking and snake charming oh, and all cool. sorts of fun stuff like that <laughs> snake charming that's yes. <laughs> I, I, I've, I've i've talked to some people who do firework and stuff like that but i think you are my first uh snake charmer so <laughs> how do you get involved in charming snakes and like what does it take if i wanted to go out find like a gardener snake or something like that how can i charm it <laughs> well, I call it snake charming, and that's what people understand it to be. But you know, I I don't actually have a flute. You know, you you picture the flute or yeah, exactly. I don't really do that. I just have a really good relationship with snake. <laughs> we get each other. <laughs> okay, how, that that's interesting. Like, how do you build a relationship with a snake? Most of the time, they just slither off or whatever. So, like, I haven't had the opportunity to. <laughs> well, it probably sounds funny, but it's uh, it is really a mutual respect thing. Um, I cool. I do believe, and my my snake has has passed away, but uh, he. We definitely had a relationship. He knew me, and I know he had emotions. Like, people are like, how do you know he has emotions? I'm like, I could tell when he was ticked off, and I didn't pick him up then. I just respect <laughs> I respect that the snake does not want to be picked up. But sometimes there'd be a show, and I'm like, dude, we don't have time for this hissy fit. Like, we got to go. <laughs> yeah. What kind of snake was it? He was a Burmese python. Okay, so not a tiny one. No, he was at eight foot, and I'm five foot two, so he had some he had some headspace on me. Wow, wow, very, very. Uh, that's impressive. That's impressive. So, like, what would like? I, I guess I'm just stuck on this snake for right now. So, what was your like uh, performance like with the snake? I typically, I typically belly danced with him. Okay. Yeah, um, that's sort of where the fire started because I. I started off belly dancing, and I wanted to start adding cool props. So I started balancing swords on my heads and spinning fire. And I was like, I should do a snake. I always love snakes. (laughs) (laughs) It just came to you one day while you had a sword on your head and fire shooting out your mouth. You know, funny thing (laughs) is, I had never held a snake. When the idea came to me, I was like, I want a snake. And I looked online to see if anybody was selling them. And I went to purchase a snake before I had even held one. <laughs> I mean, looking back, I was like, what was I thinking? Like, I wasn't even going to see if I'm okay with handling snakes before <laughs> I purchased one. But Just jump right in, you know? No, yeah. time to, no time to worry if you're scared or not. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like overcoming fear by just jumping headfirst. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's crazy. So, like, all right. 
is that how you got involved with uh, your your story about the creative burnout took you to Circus Circus and auditioning there? Oh, for Cirque du Soleil? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Circus, oh, you're fine. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's a whole different thing. Circus Circus is a casino. <laughs> Circus Soleil is a lot higher. Uh, but I apologize. Oh, you're fine. You're fine. But yeah, Circus Soleil. So the Cirque du Soleil thing, uh, when I – oh, man. I, I was working a lot at that time, and it was – it was right along the beginning of my specialty acts um, when I was developing my act with my belly dancing and fire. Um, but really that stemmed from actually a couple of injuries I had. Uh, okay. I had, I had torn both knees and then that had happened. I had a concussion. Just all these things happen. And I mean, that, that's what came from the creative burnout. And, and that's why I try to caution other performers like, wow, like, you know, you could have this amazing creative flow going where it's like, yes, I'm, I'm productive and I'm going, I'm going, going, this is awesome. And it feels good. And then you just crash if you're not careful. So I try to caution others on how how I try not to be anymore. (laughs) Definitely, definitely. And how has your workload that you put on yourself changed since that incident? Oh, I definitely... I put more time into sleeping and eating well because <laughs> I did not make that a priority. I mean, I mean, I never did drugs or anything, but you'd think I did because I'd be up for three days. Just they're like, are, are you sure you're not on anything? No, I'm just, I'm living on Red Bull right now. <laughs> <laughs> Which is crack in a can, but you know. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, lear- lesson learned. Nice, nice. So you put boundaries on it. I heard you in the podcast say you don't work on Sundays and you take Mondays easy now, correct? Mm-hmm. And then yes. the rest of the time you can pour yourself into it. Still probably focusing on sleep some and eating bananas. So like <laughs> yeah. you mentioned in the podcast. <laughs> I forgot sounds, about that. <laughs> sounds random now, but listen to her podcast and uh, you'll understand what I'm talking about. More bananas, <laughs> more bananas. <laughs> yes. Uh, you don't want cramping up and falling and down and getting concussions, <laughs> passing out and all that good stuff. So yeah, it's kind of um, embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> so now you have, actually make kind of a transition still entertaining but doing like coaching and uh podcasting and stuff like that you want to explain how that transition happened and uh what your main focus is now sure the the real driving shift for me was that okay so when i had my injuries i was scared crapless (laughs) crapless <laughs> uh-huh. I was scared to death because I was still very young in my career and I saw other performers having retired especially dancers like in their 30s and it's yeah. it's devastating I don't know if any of your listeners like if you've ever experienced like that 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 dread of oh my gosh my my career that I've worked my entire life for is going to come to an end when most people are starting their careers. And so when that happened to me, and it happened sooner than I thought it was, I began my shift and I began to start, okay, I'm going to prepare because I wasn't prepared the last time that this came when I I was forced to make the shift. So I'm like, I'm going to start preparing for that. And where's my passion? So I started really diving in, dipping my toe in different artistic endeavors to see what really drove me. And, you know, I started cake decorating. I was costume designing. I was doing all sorts of different creative things because I'm a creative. I consider myself a creative. And I know there's something out there that will drive me and have that passion just like performing does. And I, I actually started speaking. I started doing public speaking. And the reason why I started doing public speaking is because I was terrified of it. Once again, back to the snake. I was absolutely <laughs> terrified. But you would think, like, you would think as an entertainer, like, why would you be terrified speaking? Well, because dancers don't speak <laughs> on stage. <laughs> like, we don't speak. Like, we don't have to speak at all. So, um, you know, I'm not like a comic where I'm used to holding a mic, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it was a whole new 
a whole new avenue for me. And I started, because I was terrified, I, I pushed myself to learn that. And I'm like, I'm not going to be fearful of this. So I started learning that. And little did I know that it would become such a passion to start speaking, teaching and coaching from stage, which eventually started to morph into my podcast. So it's really cool how it's sort of evolved accidentally to find my passion to help others in the transitions that I was in prior. It's a cool thing. Yeah, definitely. So in order to overcome that fear of talking in public in front of people, um, did you take classes or did you just jump on stage? I don't know, just jump up in front of people at some event and start talking or how did you do it? I actually had a, a show business. He's a show business coach. Um, he recommended Toastmasters. Okay. And so I joined a Toastmasters and it was funny cause I told my husband, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to go check out this Toastmasters club. And he's like, I'll, I'll come with you. And I'm like, really? <laughs> like, cause, cause he's already really well-spoken and you know, he's in a position, his job that he's already used to doing that. I was like, why would you want to do that? But, uh, he came with me and we joined together and, um, I just started signing up for things that I was uncomfortable with Yeah, back to back to back and just getting myself out there and doing it. It was, it was terrifying, but I just did it. And, and it was, uh, looking back like my first speech, I was like, holding a piece of paper, shaking, and like, ah, <laughs> oh, this is what happened. I was reading the entire thing and terrified to look at the audience. And, you know, it's like for 10 people, you know, it's like when I was terrified and uh, just diving in and, and doing it made me overcome it. That's awesome. When you were talking about the whole shaking with the paper thing, it reminded me of like giving a speech in like high school or grade school where yeah. they're like, I, I was standing up there just like that. My hands were shaking like, uh, you know, I had Parkinson's or something like that. Yeah. Um, and God, if I, if I would have locked my legs, I would have done the whole passing out thing, but I didn't. But, uh, <laughs> I eventually overcame that, too, and started doing uh, radio, then stand-up comedy, and uh, then so podcasting. Cool. So um, I haven't done a whole lot of stand-up recently, but I was just starting to get back into it before this whole uh, corona thing happened. And then all of a sudden, I can't go anywhere. <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, once uh, once things clear back up and we're able to get back into bars and do stuff, I'll I'll start back up with that. But yeah, oh cool, so, that's awesome. But yeah, like well, as you were saying, like you're not like a stand up comic with a mic in your hand. I was thinking like, yeah, if I was up there and had to dance, I'd be I'd be petrified. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it funny? It's like opposite. Yeah, yeah, dancer. Just what you're used to. Or actually sing in public. I can't can't do that either. I can har no. hardly do that in the shower. Uh <laughs> yeah, no. Me too. Me too. Fair enough. Maybe that'll be the next thing you just like, uh, be like, I'm scared of this. I'm going to do this. You'll become like the next <laughs> pop sensation and all of that going on. <laughs> <laughs> Never know, right? Right, right. So um, now like with the podcast, which is um, very cool, I've enjoyed listening to it, and it's uh, Spark Your Inner Fire for the Creative Mind. There's another one on there yes. that's just Spark Your Inner Fire or something like that. So I want to make sure you stress the for your creative mind so you get the right podcast and you're not like, I don't see anything about Circus Dolay and eating bananas on here. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, but Spark Your Inner Fire for the Creative Mind. What are your plans for that podcast? My plans are for to really try to motivate the arts community because I primarily in one transitions in life, whether it be there's people that are already in a creative profession that maybe they they need to make a shift, you know, because especially when you're a dancer, you're going to need to make that shift into a new career and a new avenue and finding that passion. But there's also those people that are maybe in the corporate world and maybe they like deep down they're they're artists. They 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 want to create something, but they're not able to do that. Yeah. I want to be able to inspire those people to either make that shift or live more with pur purpose and passion in what they're doing now so that they're not I mean I, I see so many people that are just miserable in their jobs, you know, and just finding that purpose creatively. 
uh, I just want to inspire people to be able to do that. Nice, nice. So it's it's kind of along the same lines as my show where I want to get the people who are either scared to break the societal societal restrictions and be like, okay, I want to be a podcaster. I want to be a comedian, a singer, a fire dancer, or whatever creative aspiration they have and get them advice on how to get there that next step that they or that next step they need to take to take their career to that next level. There's a lot of people who I think are like me right now who are doing like a creative uh, creative gig plus a normal regular quote unquote day job that mm-hmm. you know want to figure that out. So I also kind of started this uh, podcast to steal knowledge from people that I can use. you know <laughs> I, love that. I love that. I love that and that's how we learn. But yeah, so it's I, I like talking to people who are kind of along the same mind. And I, I listened to another episode of yours about, uh, I think it might have been a little earlier, maybe in the middle of it. You've been doing this for about a year, correct? The podcasting? The podcast started July. July, July okay. July 2019. So, so we're getting there. We're getting there. We'll possibly still be in quarantine for your year anniversary who knows (laughs) i hope not i I hope not too i hope we get back to some sort of normal but you were talking about finding your niche or your niche uh niching down uh what did how did you figure out what your uh niche was and uh like how did you develop that and narrow it down to uh something concise You know, it's really interesting because sometimes the thing that you need to be talking about is right in front of you. (laughs) (laughs) And for me, that's what it was. I mean, I'm an artist. I'm a dancer. I'm a performer. I'm a creative. But I was ignoring that completely the entire time I was trying to find who I'm speaking to because it originally started as wanting to inspire people. Wanting to inspire people to to do more, to to get rid of imposter syndrome, yeah. anything holding you back. That was the the root of it. And I'm like, I know this is what I want to talk about. I know this is how I want to help people, but who am I helping? And and that was that was a big jump for me, but it shouldn't have been because it was staring at me in the face because it's who I am. Yeah. And I had to just look at myself and be like, what did I need at that time? What did I need during those transitions? Well, I needed someone like me that, okay, now let me step into those shoes. And so it didn't happen overnight. It took a lot of digging. And it took, I almost feel like in a way, subconsciously, I was almost put on, I almost put on a mask. Like I didn't want to look at myself. And that was a huge learning lesson for me because it's like, well, the people I need to speak to is me. Okay. But I was almost like a protective mechanism of sorts because I was like, well, no, uh, like we're going to we're going to hide that. We're going to keep that safe. And uh, and just taking that mask on and digging deeper, I was like, no, this is this is where it's at. This is who I need to be helping. I need to be helping people like this. So it was cool. It was cool uh, to discover. Nice, nice. And then did you change after figuring that out, did you change the direction of your show any? What did was how did you respond to finding your niche? I didn't really adjust the show too much because I was already talking about the topics. And so the topics didn't really change. I just changed how I spoke to people because when I really started thinking about like when I'm backstage, when I'm when I'm doing a show, there's a certain way that performers speak to each other. We just, we, we get each other. We just understand the problems. We understand the thoughts like, oh, that idiot in the crowd. Oh, <laughs> like I'm so, I'm so excited for this. And oh, my costume doesn't fit. Like just, you know, just backstage talk, you know? Yeah. And so I started talking like I would to somebody backstage, just to a friend who's having a problem. Like, you know, like how about you do it like this, you know, and just trying to adjust and being more me. Instead of talking so broad, talking to my fellow performers. Nice, nice. So you took kind of made it more of uh, speaking to actually this 
was in either an upcoming episode of Uncontained or one that came out already. I have it recorded, but I uh, just haven't figured out exactly when it's going to release. Uh, talking to some old uh, radio uh, competitors of mine, I guess. They were in the same market, but we were, we were friendly. As I said on uh, one of the shows, I, it wasn't like Anchorman where you tried to stab each other with a trident. You know, we kept it, uh, we kept it personable. <laughs> but he's working at a radio station now where the program director is like it's the power of one and it's like you say you like speaking to the person instead of we or us or you guys and it's you have a chance to win tickets coming up you have uh another hit song coming your way you have uh this issue you're dealing with and i'm gonna help you through it you know that type of thing i love that i love that it's cool to see it even when you're not necessarily doing a ticket giveaway, um, having it co- continue on to podcasting. And I'm going to have to start doing that too. You know, it's like, that's, it's cool picking up little tricks and trades throughout talking to people as well. Absolutely. <laughs> we, we learn from each other, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So uh, speaking of learning, I do have uh, the second half of my show is pretty much dedicated to helping people, as I mentioned earlier, either take that first step or the next step to get to um, where they want to be in their creative profession. So I typically do it to what my guest is uh, specialized in, but you have quite a few specialties. So what is your advice to somebody who's looking to get started or take that next step in either either podcasting, coaching, dancing, or just a basic entertainment industry helpful advice to help them take that next step or get their foot inside the door? That's a great question, Aaron. Uh, the The thing I, I learned is that when I was dipping my toe into different endeavors, so if, if someone is out there that's wanting to start a new endeavor, you might feel like something is for you and it's like, oh, I really love doing this. And then you realize that I really love doing this as a hobby. Yeah. I don't love doing this as a career. And that's a huge differentiating factor because I loved baking cakes for my friends. And as soon as I transitioned to possibly transitioning into career, I hated it. Uh. And not only did it not become a career, but it didn't even become a hobby anymore because I didn't enjoy it anymore. So I think that when people are – when when for anyone out there that's wanting to try a new endeavor, I would say start dipping your toe. Start being a, a protege of somebody. Start working under somebody and practicing it. I would never recommend anybody to just quit their job and jump into <laughs> dancing. You know, it's like you got to make that shift and know that you're you're set and stable in the new thing that you're going to do before you throw everything away. I mean, unless you've got a whole bunch of money saved and you have yeah. the, the, the ability to do that, just really putting the time in and seeing like, do I want to do this as a career or do I want to let this be a hobby? And I think that's important as creatives is that because our our careers can also be considered hobbies, yeah. we also need to have a hobby. Definitely. And every hobby, every creative hobby doesn't need to become a career. So let it become a hobby first. And then if you love it enough, start dipping your toe into the business aspect of it. Nice, nice. So just curious, side question off of that one. So what is your hobby to your profession now? Like, have you have you established a <laughs> well, hobby on the side? <laughs> <laughs> well, funny because it kind of flip-flopped because as I was performing on stage – Speaking was my hobby. Okay. And I wasn't planning on doing that originally professionally. And then now that I'm making that adjustment, now I'm actually taking more dance classes and I'm not dancing professionally as much. Like I'm being hired for like specialty acts and stuff, but dancing, not so much. Okay. So now during this quarantine, like I've been taking belly dance classes and, and I haven't taken classes for years and it's felt, it's felt so good to like, just do it for no purpose. Just do it for me, you know, just to feel that creative 
need. Definitely. Okay, it's kind of cool how it kind of flip-flopped on that. And now what was your yeah. career drive became, okay, this is just fun now to do instead of yeah. like since yeah. you know injuries and stuff prevented you from doing it professionally continuing on mm-hmm. um yes. all right great so now what are you currently doing to promote yourself and uh your newfound career mostly mostly the podcast and word of mouth um I was lucky enough, grateful enough to, while I was performing, that most of my performance was word of mouth. I didn't really have to promote myself as much. And that's starting to sort of spill into what I'm doing now is a lot of word of mouth. Um, And just, uh, just putting as much value out there as possible and people will talk about it, you know. Yeah. Is there any way you're going about uh, stimulating the word of mouth, like creating people to talk? Are you asking for people to tell a friend or are you going out personally telling people about the podcast or how's it working? As a lot of social media and um, just sporting it to friends like, you know, check this out. I think this might help you, especially when someone I see a post like someone's talking about something they're going through. I'm like, hey. Like, check out the podcast. Like, And I genuinely think, like, hey, I talked about this. Like, go check it out. I think it will help you. You know, it's like no no agenda. Just like this will help you. Yeah. And by doing that over and over, people are just talking about it more because it's not – I don't have, like, any, like, uh, agenda for why – no, I want you to listen so I have more views. <laughs> no, I just – I want to help you, you know? Like, I and, – and through that. Me helping you, you're going to be able to help more, and I'm going to be help be able to help more. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Cool. So now, what would be a hardship and a highlight uh, that you care to share with the uncontained audience? So the hardship could be something that you overcame and made, you know, were able to make into something better, or just something that you learned from. Oh, there's a lot of hardships. (laughs) (laughs) um, Learn from all of them. I think the biggest one in my career was um, when I, when I tore my knees, um, and I I had the doctors telling me I would never dance again. Wow. And I was, oh man, I must have been the first injury. I think I was 20. You know, and I I started dancing professionally when I was 15 but I danced all my life. So the pain of going through, through those, those injuries. And then the doctor saying, you'll never dance again. You know, you, you have to have surgery, even with the surgery, you'll never dance again. And it's like stabbing a, like a knife in your heart. Like the feeling of, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? What I have no backup plan. I mean, I didn't go to college. A lot of dancers don't like they don't. It's just, that is your career, your entire life. So having that pain of like, oh my gosh, like what am I going to do next? What's next? And having to dig and find what that next thing is was really challenging for me. But being put through the fire, per, you know, I would say, yeah. really developed into what I was meant to become. And that's really what came of that. So I'm so grateful because had I not had those injuries early on, had it had it happened in my 30s or 40s, I oh I'm not in my 40s yet. Yeah, yeah. somewhere <laughs> way down the line. Later on, <laughs> had it happened later on, you know, I would have been maybe even further along. Like, what do I do now? Yeah, and and I understand that there are people that they are in their 30s and 40s that are going through that transition. I'm like, oh my gosh, I know what you're feeling. It's happening later for you, or maybe it's happening earlier for you, but I know what that pain is. <laughs> like, I can help you. So uh, it's, I think it was all meant to be. It all happened the way it needed to be. Um, I went through the pain in order to help others through that pain. And I'm uh, I'm grateful for that. Right. And so you think it's better for you that it happened earlier on? Yes. You think it'd be harder to overcome like if it happened way ahead in your 40s? I don't know if it would have I think it's just as hard. I think um Yeah. 
uh, it's it's difficult. It's a difficult transition in life. Um, you know, it's just like anything, like people having a baby, people, you know, it's changing careers or big life transitions. And it's, I don't think you're ever prepared for it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like you're never really ready. Um, but you're forced to be ready when you need to be. And you need to trust that it's happening in the time it needs to. Very cool. That's actually a great advice right there to be able to deal with it and turn that into a positive. And yeah. do you have an episode on dealing with uh, blowing out your knees and everything that you talk about it? Oh, man, I probably do. I, I have a hard time memorizing what I talk about. It gets harder. <laughs> but, yeah. People are like, oh, you talked about this. I'm like, what did I say? <laughs> I hope it was good. Um, <laughs> like, was it was it good? Yeah. Okay, great. All right. Um, I don't know in particular like, offhand which one I would be talking about that, but um, – but maybe, maybe I'll make one today. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> all right. All right. So now that that was a, a hardship that you had to deal with. I can imagine, like you know, not being able to do what you your whole career goal was, and mm -hmm. have to totally shift your mindset to go towards something else. Now. What would you say would be a highlight that you care to share? Not necessarily the highlight of your career, because that's, you know, not not a fair question to ask. But what would be a highlight that you care to share with the uncontained audience? It's a great question. Uh, I'm so grateful. There's there's a lot of highlights. Um, man. Uh, you stumped me there. <laughs> you stumped me. Sorry, take a minute, think about it. Just some, just something that, you know, when you're sitting with your friends or nowadays having a Zoom conversation with your friends, like a story that you're like, oh, yeah, this really awesome thing happened and I want to tell you about it. You know, I think it's – I'm. I think the highlight, I would say, is that I started speaking. Okay. And it was, it was that it was an accident, that it was something that I challenged myself to do and overcome the fear of, and then something amazing came out of it accidentally. Yeah. Um, I think that's a huge highlight. And I just think about my first meeting and that is the highlight I would say is my first Toastmasters meeting that I was scared to death <laughs> and something amazing has come from it. So I'm really grateful for that. Awesome. Awesome. So I I haven't ever been to a Toastmasters. I've heard about Toastmasters. Uh, what would you say like a Toastmasters meeting is like? Um, do you have any specifics you can share or is it sworn to secrecy by the master of the toast? <laughs> master of the toast. No, it's not sworn to secrecy. It's uh, We focus a lot on leadership as well. A lot of people don't realize uh, – Toastmasters isn't just speaking, it's leadership as well, and our listening skills, because in order to be a good speaker, you have to have good listening skills, which has been really beneficial for my interviews, <laughs> yeah. for my, you know, so things like that's like the things I learned there have, have filtered into other areas that I'm doing now, and I didn't even realize they would. But, uh, but we do things like impromptu speaking, so you'll be asked a qu like a question, and you don't know if you're going to be called upon. So the person will ask like uh, something random, like, I don't know, what was your favorite childhood memory? John, come up and talk up on that. So you, everyone's sitting there like, am I going to be called upon? <laughs> and <laughs> and you get called upon and, and you have to answer within two minutes. Oh, wow. And so it's really nice. It, so not only is it prepared speaking, but it's impromptu speaking, it's listening skills, leadership skills to be able to really hone in. It all comes together. They're all they're all wrapped up into one. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. The whole learning to listen and and kind of speak at the same time is a valuable skill, especially with your interviews, podcasting and stuff. And then another thing that I've had to learn doing podcasting, what I'm sure they probably teach there is giving your interviewee who you're talking to the space to reply you know don't like jump yes. in too quick and it's a lot easier to do with video 
like this because you can see and kind of tell like when somebody's done. But if you're doing it just audio, you just need to give that space and wait for them to respond because a lot of times they'll give a canned answer. And then if you stay silent a little bit longer, they'll give you more in depth because people, well, people are uncomfortable with silence. <laughs> they want to, yeah, they want to fill the silence. <laughs> They're like, oh, I'm supposed yes. to talk more. Okay, okay. You want, you want, you want yeah. more than that? All right, I guess I'll give you something. <laughs> well, and then the other big one is the evaluation portion of the meeting, which is so valuable because you can't grow unless you get are given feedback. Yeah. And it's like if everything's just gumdrops and cherry blossoms and like unicorns, it's like, oh, you were great. You were fantastic. Everything's amazing. Then you don't grow from that. And that that goes for anything in life. It's like having that trust to be able to get that feedback from someone. And sometimes it's great feedback. Sometimes it's not. But, you know, it's putting your ego aside, being okay with like, okay, I have room for growth always. We always have room for growth, getting that feedback and then applying it the next meeting. And it's a cool thing to be able to apply immediately and giving feedback yeah. because that's a whole nother thing. It's like, don't be a jerk. Like, don't just tell someone you're terrible. <laughs> you tell them why they're terrible. <laughs> yeah. It's like, let me wrap it up with some pretty, some flowery. We call it the sandwich okay. method. You start it off with something nice. You give them the meat of what they can improve upon, and then you you finalize it with something positive. And that's a really great way to give someone feedback. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Constructive criticism helps instead of just being like, ah, yeah, that episode you did, uh, yeah, it sucked. Um, yeah. Like, all right, thanks. <laughs> uh, that, that was re- I'm just saying it's really great is just as bad, you know? That's why you get the delusional yeah, people, like- if you remember back in the day, who auditioned for American Idol that – made dogs cry when they sang because that was somebody either just looking for attention or somebody who's like family and friends are like oh yeah you're great you're great you sing like a songbird you sing like a songbird and then they get up there and it's like oh my god where was this person can they hear themselves Yeah, nobody ever told you that you have something to work on. Yeah, yeah. So constructive criticism is awesome. You know, I I love hearing it as well, even though sometimes it stings a little. It does, yeah. It's the ego. It's And I have it too. It's like, ah, oh, okay, yes. He's right. She's right. Yeah, do they work on accepting constructive criticism at Toastmasters too? or I think it's kind of just uh... – understood it's understood yeah. you're, you're there to improve so that's probably what it is yeah. all right so i got a couple more questions for you here priscilla um now when somebody tunes into your podcast or attends one of your speaking events what is it that you want them to take away and remember or what do you want them to feel about your performance well it really depends on what we're talking about um it's so broad, you know, because each wor- workshop's focused on something different. So I want them to walk away with something different depending on what we're doing. But I want them, if if I were to give it an overall, I want you to take this away, is to take action unapologetically and without fear. Well, I shouldn't say without fear because you're going to have fear. So in spite of okay. fear. Because and, – and what I want to be able to teach people to do, and I hope that they walk away with the, the tools that I give them, is how to, how to handle those, those fear thoughts and imposter syndrome that, that will come your way. They do. They, they come for me. I'm sure they come for oh, yeah. you. They come for everyone out there. It's just not talked about. So you assume that it's just you that has these, these thoughts. But to have the tools to – equip you to take that action in spite of that fear is what is the underlying root of what I want people to walk away with. Nice. Nice. I, I like that. That's a good theme to have a good, uh, good thing to take away as well. I do have just actually one final question for you, but before we get to that question, uh, where can people find your podcast where can people find uh, you on social media or uh, any websites 
Sure. So I have a website, uh, sparkyourinnerfire.com. And all of my social media links are actually on there. They could, uh, my challenge is posted on there. So people can sign up for the challenge on there, whatever challenge is going on at the time. <laughs> and uh, and it's, uh, my podcast links, everything's on the website. So super easy. What's a typical challenge that you may have on there? Right now, it's the creative spark challenge. So it's to reignite the spark, the creative spark that may have fizzled away. Oh, okay. So if you're experiencing some burnout or something like that, uh, that could be a valuable one for a lot of people to take. Everybody experiences that. So I'll have to check that out myself. All right. Is there, before we go to the final question, is there anything that you, uh, that I forgot to ask you that you wanted to talk about? No, I mean, because you do have a lot, uh, a lot of uh, kettles in the fire. (laughs) (laughs) I I love that term, kettles in the fire. Uh, no, just like really just, uh, we touched on so many awesome topics. I think, I think we covered a lot. All right, Priscilla, it's been great talking to you today, talking about your, uh, podcast, spark your inner fire for the creative mind. Don't forget that part. And also your career transition and all the things you've had to overcome to get to where you're at. It's been great talking to you and got that one final question for you, Priscilla Pfeiffer. How do you live uncontained? I live uncontained by taking action in spite of the fears and the doubts that come my way. Because if I allow myself, because I'm a perfectionist, <laughs> like I'm sure many of you are, a perfectionist, it's like you want it to be perfect. When I dwell too much on that perfection, then I can't take the action. It, it holds me back from being able to take that action. So good is good enough, and done is better than perfect. <laughs> wow, yeah, that that is so true, though. So many times, like, people are paralyzed or petrified, like, thinking of, well, I won't get this, or, like, uh, I, I can't get on there but uh, on stage and do something, and I'll, I'll choke. But as you said, um, done is better than not done, better than perfect. And, like, just getting started is awesome you know yes and be careful Uh, you know i would say being honest with yourself with with your growth and being okay with that self-evaluation so look at yourself look at what you can do to grow but also don't don't pull yourself back from from making that growth by by listening to the noise of fear and also listening don't listen to the noise of the people that there are going to be people that try to bring you down there's going to be people that that don't know your perspective and don't see your purpose, and they're not going to have the same drive that you do for that thing that you want to do. You can't expect them to have the same passion you do yeah. for your own passion because it's yours. It's not theirs. So lower the noise of fear. Lower the noise of that negativity of other people while also self-evaluating, being honest with yourself, and using that to to grow from not to hold you back nice nice and to go back to what you were talking about in here or in this uh closing earlier about done being better than perfect i think it was uh jeff bezos or uh one of the either him or elon musk that said um if you're not embarrassed by your first product you waited too long so, like, if, if you put out your first episode and it's perfect, like, well, you waited too long to do that. You should have been uh, working before because you could probably be further than you are now if you would have just started a while ago. Like, and I go back right. and listen to episode one of uh, Uncontained, and it's a, it's a little it's a little hard to do. Uh, stepping on the guests talking, I still occasionally do that, but, you know, I, I like to think that I've gotten better. Oh, that takes a lot of courage. I haven't had the nerve to go back and I learned that. I'm just like if I if I go back and listen just too much, then I'm going to be hard on myself and like, oh, let's just take it down. But don't do that. <laughs> Keep it up. It was it was part of your growth, Definitely. you know? So I think uh self evaluating maybe like your last few podcasts. Okay, wh- okay, now what can I do? Okay, now what can I do? 
Now where can I grow from now? Definitely, definitely. I do, like me, I don't know, maybe it's just uh, sadistic or something like that. Occasionally I'll go back and listen because I want to see like the progress that I've made since the, yeah. since the start occasionally, you know? It's yeah. like if you go back and listen and nothing's changed, that's a problem. <laughs> but... Uh, as I as I have said, it's been uh, great talking to you, getting some interaction with people during quarantine. Um, there has been this has been a social distance interview. No people were harmed during the making of this interview. Thank you to Squadcast, but they are not a sponsor. But if they wanted to, I would I would let them be. <laughs> But, yeah, so thank you once again for coming. I have one final thing for you to do, Priscilla, and that is uh, sign off the show. Will you do me the honor of signing off the show today? Absolutely. Keep your creative mind engaged and check me out at sparkyourinnerfire.com. I'm Priscilla Pfeiffer, and I live uncontained. That does it for another episode of Uncontained. Thank you for listening, and thank you to Priscilla for joining me. Make sure you check out her podcast, which is Spark Your Inner Fire for the Creative Mind. Make sure you keep that for the creative mind part, because there's another podcast out there called Spark Your Inner Fire, and I want to make sure that uh, you're getting the correct one, because I really have enjoyed listening to her podcast and I think you should check it out and uh, leave her a rating and a review as well thank you for listening and if you want to continue to support the show please use that Amazon banner at the top of uncontainedpod.com if you haven't been there check it out you can listen to the show there and also also uh, see a little bit about what the show's about and uh, the origins of the show and uh, catch up on past episodes. That's at uncontainedpod.com. And uh, episode 200 coming next time. And I will have my first guest, 100th guest, and now 200th episode guest on the show Tom Garland will be returning to Uncontained and I look forward to sharing that one with you as well so hit subscribe if you haven't already so you don't miss that one and uh, stay safe out there until next time live Uncontained